What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? This is Austin Cunningham and Justin Treese of Talking Football. Week six has now come to an end, and just kind of like last week, quite the whirlwind, quite the roller coaster of games and emotions. Me personally, Treese, I'm sure for you as well. But how was your weekend overall? Weekend was good. It was really low key. Didn't do much. Utah dominated on Saturday. They were up like 52 to zero. Ended up winning by 52 seven, something like that. Just so I stopped watching that about halfway through. Started watching some scary movies with the wife. Just hung out. Sunday, literally just watched football all day. It was fantastic. Didn't do much. So pretty boring compared to your weekend, right? So you didn't watch the Texas Sooners game. I watched some of it, but I didn't watch all of it. We went to a pumpkin patch. I had to do dad things. Oh, that sounds like a great time because what I sat there and watched was um, some piss-poor tackling, uh, shitty-ass fucking play calling, and uh, a lot of drops is what ultimately lost the game for the Texas Longhorns. That's pretty much the game in a nutshell for Texas. Oklahoma was the exact opposite. Um, Big plays, being able to break tackles, making tackles, stuffing the run. Um, What was another one? Just kind of getting lucky on some calls. Quarterback was able to scramble and get a first down. Texas defense couldn't get pressure up the middle. They would just send everyone to the sides. And Jalen Hurts looks up, looks forward, and goes, huh, that's a lot of fucking grass. I think I'm going to run there. And first down. That's pretty much the game in a nutshell. That was it. Um, I had a lot of optimism heading into the game. We did radio (laughs) in the car on the way to Dallas. We thought it went pretty good, and then when we listened back to the recording, (laughs) not so much. They didn't edit what we thought they would, so there was a countdown in there. But other than that, the weekend was a lot of fun. Dallas is a great time. It's a massive city. Every time I think of Dallas and I look at it, I, for some reason, think of Spider-Man because I remember seeing someone go, Spider-Man could literally not exist in any other city besides New York. Because if he's in Dallas, he's only going to go off like what? One, two, three, four buildings. Dallas has a lot of tall buildings, but they're not very close together. And that thought just kept running through my mind all weekend. Like I'm looking up at these buildings like, yeah, Spider-Man would be kind of screwed here. Like he, he just wouldn't, it wouldn't be able to work. But once I got past that thought, you really see the beauty in Dallas. The culture is great. The diversity is amazing. Um, it's a lot of hardworking people. And I also didn't know that Houston and Dallas just hate each other. Like, that's a real thing that I didn't know about. I mean, it's it's true hate. People in Houston, like their news station, apparently has a segment on stupid things that happen in Dallas. Like, that's freaking nuts. Well, that was pretty much my weekend. We had a good time, saw Des Bryant. That was cool. And saw a lot of cool people and drank a lot of beer. Felt like shit. Then I felt great. Went to a gas station called Bucky's. That's massive. It's like an Atwoods or an Orchlands combined with a Casey's or Come and Go or QT. I'm just trying to give all the gas stations and, you know, country stores that are out there for everyone. That's that's pretty much it. That was the gist of my weekend, really. Awesome. Sounds like a great time. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was a good time. I'm sorry I'm, like, rushing through that. I just... I just watched all the games, and I took notes on literally every game, and I want to get into it, and I want to talk about it because there's a lot of things that I'm just pissed off about that I just I need to let it out of my system. Okay. Any, anything else? We got a tree save you today. Before, let's, I need to slow down. 
Whoa, baby. Hold up. Tree yes. Sivia? Yes, I do. Sorry, I thought you were going to say something there. I apologize. <laughs> no, I'm throwing us off. I'm throwing us off. Here we go. All right. There have been 67 instances where a quarterback has thrown for 300-plus yards, four-plus touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a 75% completion percentage in a game. Okay, give me those stats one more time. 300-plus passing yards, four-plus touchdowns, zero interceptions, 75% completion percentage in a game. Okay, and give me the exact thing. How many how many people have done that? I haven't told you that. Yeah, okay. So is that what I'm guessing? <laughs> yeah. So it, so I have told you that actually. I'm sorry. Sixty seven times this has happened. Okay. What? How many? Or what's the record of those teams that have compl- that have achieved that? Sixty seven and zero. No. Guess again. 67 and 1 or 66 and 1. Correct. Okay. So 66 okay. and 1. That one happened yesterday. Who was it? So four touchdowns and zero interceptions. And they still lost. Yes. Okay, so pretty it pretty much comes down to who had a good game. Stop looking at your sheet to see who lost. Look me in the eyes. Stop cheating. It's the Falcons. <laughs> it's Matt Ryan. It's Matt Ryan. Yeah, he went off yesterday. Yeah, he went off, and and it's not on. It's not on my paper. I mean, I can show you, but <laughs> no, you're good. I trust you. Okay, I can't, I can't read your scribble writing, dude. So, um, that's crazy. That's some huge stats. He, I mean, it was kind of similar last week, except for a couple, um, a sack fumble, and I think he had one interception that was just kind of stupid. But yeah, but that's some crazy numbers to still lose. Dan Quinn shouldn't have a job. No, because that defense <laughs> is so bad. So bad. Dude. I mean, you got to give some props to Kyler Murray because he had some great throws and made some good decisions running the ball. Yeah. But yikes, dude. They just couldn't stop. I mean, they couldn't stop. I don't even know. Anybody. I really, yeah. Couldn't stop anybody. I, I can't actually, think of anything clever to say. Sorry. I actually was tweeting about that this afternoon, like how well Kyler Murray played. And given, yes, it was against a shitty Falcons defense, but they were doing a really good job early in the game where they were making either just a one read type throw or roll them out and know if, hey, if that first option isn't there just take off running just use your legs and the last two weeks he's starting to really become like russell wilson-esque or young and wilson's career like this random scramble play that you're like that only happens in madden but it but this is real life and then he's always still looking down the field like he's not looking to run he's still looking to throw the ball so i'm gonna say it cliff kingsbury's done a good job if he had if he had defensive players on his roster, they would they would win more. I mean, they've already won two, right? They would have a winning record if he had some good defensive players. I I do agree with you because looking back, there was one I think one thing I put on notes is that 
the Arizona defense was getting pressure on Matt Ryan. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, they didn't have any interceptions, but I mean, there were a couple times where he was sacked in key situations for the Falcons and especially for the Cardinals to eventually put Kyler in a good spot. But I like the comparison that you had there with Russell Wilson. That's really good on the random kind of scrambling that you're like, this isn't like nothing's going to happen from this. The next thing you know, he just throws a strike down the middle of the field and it's caught. And you're like, well, shit. I mean, he's over here scrambling around and so is his receivers trying to find an opening for him. So I do like that comparison. That's pretty good. He's still shorter than him, but yeah, good comparison. Yeah, yeah. I, I never said he wasn't. So there we go on that. Um, let's to stay on track here, uh, to follow our rundown. Let's start out with the let's start out with the Thursday night game. Uh that was the Patriots and the New York Giants. So let's talk about some prop bets. One of us did very, very well. One of us struggled. Yeah, you know, it was a pretty good Thursday, I thought. I was really excited watching the game for you. Um, If I was your number one fan, it would have been a hell of a night. If you were a fan for me, I mean, I'm fucking sorry. It's like being a fan of the Chiefs right now. Disappointed, really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I kind of took a lead on you, dude. You got got some catching up to do this week. I'm now up. I'm 24 and 21. You're 20 and 25. So you'll, you'll catch up, though. Um... Overall on the season, yeah, we're going to just get into this right now. I got to gloat while I can. Um, overall on the season, just pick against the spread, I'm 49 and 42, and you're 43 and 48. Though, it does look like you're going to win tonight's game. That game's still going on since you did pick the Lions. Uh, so you might catch up a game there. But going back to the Thursday night game, um, who would have thought that Tom Brady would have two rushing touchdowns there? Uh, that, a little little surprising there. Um, overall, I thought Giants off or defense didn't do that bad of a job, honestly. I, I thought that they kind of slowed down that, that Patriots offense. They didn't allow the big play. They were just like, you're going to nickel and dime us, and then hopefully we can do that bend but don't break defense, and we hold you to some field goals. They ended up not, and that ended up being why they lost, not to mention a blocked punt and a fumble or an interception, like just turnovers, right? Turnovers killed them. But um, I thought the defense didn't play awful, and Golden Tate's going to be big for Daniel Jones. Like, he's probably, like, an awesome veteran wide receiver to have on this roster for him. You're exactly right. And when they get healthy again with Evan Ingram, and Shepard, and then you throw in Saquon as well. Yeah, it's gonna be a different team. I mean, it's they have a possibility to shake up that NFC East, or yeah, the NFC East, because I mean, what we saw with the Cowboys with the Jets, like if you get shots early and you kind of get a lead in that game, it's hard for them to find a way back. I mean, if you get pressure on Dak, we've seen it with what the Jets were able to do consistently throughout the game and in key situations to throw him off, and the Giants have that ability now. So, these are my notes on the game. And I'm really just kind of going to read through them as I had it. Tom Brady might cost the Patriots season. They might co- he might cost them their season at one point this year. In the play- whether it's in the playoffs or in a seed a race battle on the playoff seeding. Because he is making silly decisions. I mean, he threw, I mean, he's just throwing the ball up at times and just the ball's being intercepted and you're sitting here thinking, 
holy shit, like what what was that decision? We're seeing things we're seeing Tom Brady do things that we're not used to seeing. We're seeing him take a lot of hits. Like he's getting hit a lot. He's turning the ball over. He's I mean, getting sacked and fumbling it and losing it. These are just things we're not used to seeing happen with Tom Brady. And they're really just bailing him out with the defensive turnovers and then the running backs being able to make a couple guys miss to get a first down on like a second and 13 or a third and seven. You know what I mean? He's got so many plays where he just dumps it off and they make a guy miss and they go. At some point, they're going to run into somebody that can stop that, especially in the playoffs. Like you're you're kind of starting to see it. There's no... There's no Gronk shot down the middle of the field. It's to Edelman. You know, at the very end of the game, he hits that deep shot to Edelman. If Edelman doesn't die for that, I mean, it's of course it's not caught because I mean that's a huge effort by Edelman. But it's, there's just some plays that happen where James White makes a guy miss and he gets a first down, gets an extra 15 yards. And I have on here James White, just wow. He might be one of the most underrated pieces to that team, to that offense. You think he's underrated? I think that he gets like the respect that he does for that team. I think everybody. I think he gets out. the respect, but he doesn't get the recognition from the rest of the football world. You gotcha. know what I mean? Yeah. Like the dude deserves it. What he's done for them. I mean, what he did in the Super Bowl. Like he won them the Super Bowl against yeah. the Falcons. For sure. Like and then ever catches. since then, yeah, it's just absolutely absurd. Um, the one thing that pissed me off the most, but actually, before I get to the Pats defense, who the fuck is Bolden? The running back for the Patriots. Brandon Bolden? Dude, I mean, he just comes out of fucking nowhere. He's been, so he was on their team for a super long time, and then he ended up going to the Dolphins for two years. Uh, last year he, or maybe it was two years ago, he had like a 200-yard game against the Patriots on the Dolphins, and now he's back. They just freaking find him everywhere. Like <laughs> Running backs are just everywhere for the Patriots. Um, now to get to the, the Giants offense here, to the Giants before I get to the Patriots defense, because that's what I'm pissed off about. The Giants found some life on their deep shots. That played the Tate. It kept them in the game. I mean, they were in this game all the way up until that fourth quarter turnover. That's what cost them the game. Yeah. The moment that fourth quarter turnover happened, that was the game. Um, he threw two interceptions from Jones. One of them, you kind of understand, like getting the ball down the field. You want that bad, like the the defender just made a good read on it. And the other one, you just, you're really trying to figure out what he was doing. I don't know if his arm got hit or deflected it, but that second interception, there was no one around the that area but two Patriot defenders. Now, speaking of Patriots defenders, their defensive secondary. We all hate the officiating in the NFL. Everyone hates the officiating calls, the pass interference, the defensive holding, teams getting screwed out of it. Whether it's this pass interference, is it not? We're all confused. I mean, you hear Coach Dungy talking about it on Sunday Night Football with the Chiefs game. I mean, it's just atrocious. It's stupid. It's ridiculous, and it needs to be figured out. But the one team that seems to not be suffering from it is the New England Patriots. They have to have the most physical secondary in all of the NFL. They primarily run man and nothing gets fucking called. There were multiple plays that I'm watching back and it's like, oh, this is a big moment. Like, watch this play. It's fucking pass interference. It's defensive holding. Like, Stephen Gilmore's head is not turned to the ball and he's got his hands all over the receiver. No flag. Ball right down the middle of the field. Safety's all over the, all over the receiver. No flag. 
And there's just so many freaking plays that you sit there and watch, and the physicality of the Patriots' defense is going to be praised at one point when we get later into the year. And it's like, wow, look how great they are. Well, how many fucking penalties do they have? Zero. You watch any other game, and it's you get off, you get pressure on the quarterback. The quarterback rolls out, he forces the ball down the field, and it's incomplete. And all of a sudden, you get a fucking flag. Defensive holding number, blah, 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 blah. That was on the opposite side of the field, away from the play, and then the offense gets the first down. Why are we seeing it with every other team but the Patriots? I hate to be that guy, and I hate to make it sound like, ooh, the Patriots just get everything in their way. But it's fucking stupid, and I'm tired of seeing – I've seen it two or three weeks in a row where there's multiple plays called on other teams and not the Patriots, and it's pissing me the fuck off. I, I totally agree. I'm with you. I There's a lot of times that – they just randomly don't get flags that any other team does. You see, and I i mean, the most obvious ones are usually non-roughing the passer ones where you mm-hmm. know the moment that that was Tom Brady. And honestly, most of the time when it's Patrick Mahomes too, like they, they get the calls, which I feel like they're right calls, but then if that pl- happens to somebody else, they don't get it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's... It's superstar league. It's just like the NBA. Certain guys just get the calls. They get the benefit of the calls. Or And that's kind of like what the Patriots are getting right now. They've just been to so many Super Bowls in a row. It's almost like these guys are just that good. Like that's They're just that good. And so we don't call it. So I'm with you. It's frustrating to watch for sure. Yeah. It's just pissing me off. Um, moving to our next game, though. We'll just get away from Thursday night. Uh, was there anything else we needed to go over for this? Nope. Okay. Uh, Panthers Buccaneer, pretty quick synopsis for me. Allen is the future for the Panthers. Cam Newton's not going to be there next year. Uh, McCaffrey's absolutely the man. They better be careful on his workload later in the season or they're going to overwork him and he's going to be done. But Allen getting the ball to DJ Moore and Carter Samuel down the field, the trickery, the play action, the end arounds, like that's all great for their offense moving forward. And the Panthers' secondary is just looking better and better. I mean, you really kind of got me on the hype train on what their secondary is this season. And Jameis Winston helped them out a lot with five turnovers. I think he had four interceptions and then a a sack fumble occurred. I mean, that dude lost his job Sunday. Like, you can't be Bruce Arians looking at it and going, yep, this is the future for my team. And what I said last week with Nick Foles, I think that's a good landing spot for him. Or I guess you brought up the Nick Foles, and I had mentioned the Buccaneers being a landing spot. I think that's where Nick Foles goes, and I think James Winston is having a hard time finding another job. Yeah, so actually he had five interceptions that game. Um, so he had six turnovers? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Just um, so bad. So bad. Uh, there's rumors that like 10 AFC teams called the uh, Panthers about Cam Newton today. Did you see that? I think that was came from Bleacher Report. I would like to know what 10 teams are that fucking stupid. Yeah, me too. Me too. Because I just don't see it. Given everybody knows I give everybody knows I don't see it. I said that he wasn't going to be on this team next year. So um, <laughs> I thought it was going to be Will Greer, not uh, undrafted Kyle Allen. But hey, you know. You win some, you lose some, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. Uh, but overall, the Panthers defense, yeah, it's still just, it's looking solid. It's it's going to keep them 
in that eight and eight record. I do think that with how good McCaffrey is, I do believe that they're going to start teams are going to start to just say, we don't care. We're going to have two people following him at all times. And you guys have to beat us with somebody other than McCaffrey. So, I mean, we'll see what that is, right? Like McCaffrey did not have a good game yesterday. He did not. Mm -hmm. Like it looks good in fantasy world because he had 20 something points because he had two touchdowns. But I think he only had like 40, 50 yards combined. Like he didn't have a good game. They, They did a good job of slowing him down. Um, it was just the turnovers that you can't win a game with that many turnovers. It's yeah. fucking ridiculous. Um, Mike Evans, dude, case of the dropsies again. Had a 75 yarder in his hands right before <laughs> half. It just had so, to drop it. We saw that play happen in the hotel. And the, we were making the joke of this dude was more shocked that the ball was actually on the fucking money more than like the drop being on him. Cause when you see his eyes, it's like, holy fucking shit. The ball's here. <laughs> like yeah. it's, a, it's where it's supposed to be. And he like, he has it and he's bringing it in. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh my God. And then he starts, you know, fumbling around and it eventually drops it. But we, we were cracking up about that play for sure. in the hotel. for sure. For sure. Um, they, I feel like they need to just, Roll with Ronald Jones more as well. Uh, yes, Peyton Barber, like he's fine, but like they need to just roll with him and just see what you have. Like this whole like duo thing, like it's very similar to me to what the Broncos were doing weeks one through three when they just don't know how to fucking use their running backs. That is what I feel like with these two. Like they just somebody's got the hot hand, and the next week they just fucking go to someone else. It, it's crazy to me. It doesn't make any sense. They'll figure it out, though. I mean, I think Bruce Arians is really starting to realize what the strengths and weaknesses are from Jameis Winston. And there's a lot of weaknesses on that list, like maybe more than more than strengths, because strengths are strong arm, sometimes makes a play. Weaknesses is makes bad decisions, off-field decisions are even worse, uh, hangs on to the ball too long, misreads, not being able to fight off tackles, just da 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 da. Just keep adding on to the list, and it's not good for Jameis Winston. This is all I have for that game, Treese. Anything else you want to add to it? I'm good. All right. The next matchup that we are going to discuss: the Seahawks versus the Browns. The Seahawks were favored by one, and this was something I called out on being: why is it only by one? Well, the beginning part of this game was pretty fucking close. The first half was pretty much all Browns all the way. Up until the end, where the Seahawks were able to get a late score on the half, then the Eagle, then the Seahawks receivers did the in sync bye 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 dance. They did it flawlessly. It was absolutely beautiful. I loved it. One of my favorite songs, honestly. Um, I'm pretty good at that dance move too. Just in case you ever want to see it, just hit me up. I'll do it for you. Um, but the one thing that I thought was just as beautiful as that dance move was the fact that Russell Wilson led the Seahawks down the field in the third quarter when the mic in his helmet went out. Yep. He had an entire drive all the way down the field where they eventually scored, and it was flawless. I mean, the the between the run calls that were successful, the pass plays that were successful, shots down the middle of the field, to the outside, then a run, a screen, a dump off, 
and then the touchdown across the middle as well. Like you're just sitting there looking at the Seahawks, like holy shit, they look like a different team on this drive because <laughs> they were. The quarterback's making the calls, and if I'm if I'm the Seahawks, I don't think I go away from that because it looked too damn good to not keep going. Yeah, <laughs> that's all fair. That is all fair. Uh, for me. I mean, I'm, let's just kind of get into this because it's the social media talk of the world right now. Browns fans are coming in saying it's not Baker's fault because seven of his 11 interceptions have hit wide receivers' hands. That doesn't mean that they were good throws just because they hit a wide receiver in the hand. When you're running Thank a you. slant, when you're running a slant route to the right and it's the back left shoulder and they're reaching back and it hits off their hands and pops up in the air, that's just a bad throw. They keep keep bringing up the uh, Caldwell uh, mm-hmm. pick that was yeah, and we've already talked about this. It Caldwell been, or Higgins, one of the two. Yeah, it should have been caught right on Monday night against the Niners. One hundred percent should have been caught, but it still wasn't a good throw. Still wasn't a good throw. That's a hard like that's a hard catch. Like you got to get your hands underneath the ball. They got to be hard enough to keep them to keep the ball away from the ground and getting through. But they got to be soft enough that you can grasp it and keep it tucked into your body. The way he slid is like he had his body as a backboard and his hands were to the rim. You know what I mean? So Baker like bricks it. It's like dink doink and then just bats up into the air. It, it, I mean, that's it, a, it's like Caldwell was being the catcher, right? right? Like you're just trying to stop yes. getting past you. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So it, here's some things, right? So to get away from like, okay, interceptions. Let's not talk about the interceptions here. Mason Rudolph, who who started what? Did he start two games, one game? Mm-hmm. He has more passing touchdowns than Baker Mayfield. So far this year? Yeah. No shit. Are you being serious? I'm dead serious. Wonder who has more passing yards than him? Uh, since Browns fans like to make fun of the Bengals so much, Andy Dalton. He has more passing yards than Baker Mayfield. Andy Dalton's having a quietly good season. He is. With a shitty fucking supporting cast. Correct. Um... Luke Falk, who just got released from the Jets for being so bad, has a higher completion percentage than Baker Mayfield. Did that signal reach Utah yet? Or is she still standing in the pocket? Dude, don't don't disrespect him, okay? I, I can't deal with it right now. Um, And then quarterback rating, Eli Manning has a better quarterback rating than Baker Mayfield. So This season? Yes, this season. <laughs> so just do me a favor. When it's my turn to talk, tweet that. Okay. All right. I'm yeah. being dead serious. Yeah. So my point is, is yes, the receivers have obviously not helped. They they I feel like they are struggling a little bit, but at the same time, you have Jarvis Landry and you have Odell Beckham Jr. Like, you have Nick Chubb in the backfield. Like, what the fuck is going on with this team? And I'm not even just talking about Baker. I'm just talking about the team in general. Like, this can't be happening. Like, you cannot... Because your schedule does not get easier. They have a bye, and then they play the Patriots, and then I think the Broncos, and then the Bills. Like, they're probably only winning one of those games. Maybe, right? The Broncos are playing very well right now. I still yeah, think they're they alive. Them. I still think they find a way to win that game, but I don't see them beating, obviously not the Patriots, and I don't see them beating the Bills with that defense. So that would put them at 3-7. and seven. 
You're not going to the playoffs. A lot of it, like you just said, is the play calling in some situations. But, I mean, it has to go back to Baker. The inaccuracy is freaking killing them. His decision-making and his predictability is killing them. And their defense, I mean, they're not the best. Their starting corners have been hurt, what, four games in a row? They've been playing with backup corners. Yeah, so I keep seeing that, right? I still feel like the defense is... Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. I cut you off. No, I mean, you. I mean, go, that's, you're rolling into my point. What's up? Oh, I was just saying that they keep saying that, but Greedy Williams hasn't proved anything. No, but, I mean, a starting corner is a starting corner. So when you can use that as an excuse, you're going to. Especially when you're the Browns and this is your record. That's right. I mean, you talked mad shit all season. And and you come in and you're like, oh, my God. Our current head coach does not look ready to be a head coach. Our anointed quarterback that we've set for our future is not doing so hot. And our star-studded receivers have not been put in positions to succeed. OBJ saved an interception for Baker Mayfield. Like everyone's like, "Oh my god, what a catch!" Yeah, that's a great catch. I I still don't I still can't figure out how the fuck he caught it. Like I don't know how he ripped it away while staying in bounds to get the elbow down, shoulder and side of his face, while maintaining possession of that, fighting for it with the defender. But that's just something you're not seeing anyone else on the Browns do. And it's something that I'm going to discuss when we get to the Dolphins game here with Rosen and his receivers. But my notes for this game, Nick Chubb, pretty damn good. When Kareem Hunt comes back, this offense is going to change because they're going to have Nick Chubb up the middle, Nick Chubb up the middle, Nick Chubb outside. Kareem Hunt is effective as hell in the passing game. So that screen game is going to come alive, what they're trying to do with Nick Chubb. I just don't think it sells as well. They're not very good at scheming it in the right situations are far enough away from the defensive line to make screen successful. So for me, the Browns, they need to fix that and Kareem Hunt coming back will, will help with that too. OBJ coming down with the catch. I already talked play calling. I already talked about, but one thing that I have not DK Metcalf landed in a perfect ideal spot. He landed in a spot where he's not, being relied on to get open in his routes by footwork, by technique, by great route running. He is put in a spot of run down the field, get in a position, and win the 50-50 ball, win the battle for it, catch the ball, and make something happen afterwards. And he's doing it to perfection. He's not going to have any big numbers. He's not. I don't think he's ever going to be the big guy. You know what I mean? I don't think he's ever going to be the one that Everyone's like, holy shit, we got DK Metcalf this week. It's going to be, don't let DK Metcalf have that one play. Kind of like with Tyler Lockett, how I always say. He always has that one big play, that one shot that kind of changes the momentum for it. DK Metcalf can do that as well. And it's similar to what we saw with Baldwin, right? He would always come down with that tough catch. He would always come down with that 50-50 ball. But his route running was so precise and so great. DK, he just catches the ball, turns around, and just, I'm, I'm going to run you sons of bitches over. I'm already taller than you. I'm stronger than you. All you got to do is look at a photo of him. I don't think I'll ever see someone with a body like that again. I mean, that's just, I'm jealous. You know what I mean? I'm speechless. I don't even know what to say after this. But DK Metcalf is in a great spot. 
the Seahawks are looking good, and that NFC West division, I don't know where it lands. I don't know where it falls because we'll get to the Rams 49ers game here in a little bit too, but just wow. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Uh, Chris Carson's a fucking stud, man. He is just so good. He is. He had a cold so cut too. He cold did have cut a nominee. He did. Yep. It I was looked gonna, pretty. Yeah, I was gonna post that tomorrow. Actually, I already have it, so I'm with you. <laughs> What's <Hey-o>. me? <laughs> um. So it real. I feel bad for Will Disley, tight end. Uh, yeah. Huge year. Sounds like he tore his Achilles. That's a tough blow for that offense. So I, I really think that that was like a big key to them, like having that mi- guy down the middle of the field and whatnot. Uh, they did bring back Luke Wilson a couple of weeks ago, so we'll see mm-hmm. if he um, if he can step into that role. What that injury kind of reminded me of is Travis Kelsey, his rookie year, where he was starting to do good, starting to make a difference, and then I think it was an ACL injury is what knocked him out for the season. And then he come back, and he came back, and I mean Travis Kelsey's Travis Kelsey right now, so I can see. Will Disley kind of having that similar role or same type of comeback from that injury. Uh, let's go ahead and head into our next game here, though. The Redskins versus the Dolphins, where the Redskins were favored. The Dolphins covered here, right? Dolphins That's all we have? Yeah, correct. What was the score to this game? Why do I feel like the Redskins had more than four points? They won by one point. They did. No, they won by two. They won by no. They won by one because they went for two to try to win it, right? No, they went for two to try and tie it, and they called oh. a stupid fucking screenplay. Gotcha. That either, bounced off the receiver's hand. Either way, Dolphins covered. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but AP looks good in this game. Adrian Peterson had some nice cuts. I mean, he looked he looked good running the ball. It was quite the like change of pace for the for the Redskins with Terry McLaurin. Yeah. That dude is impressive. I think he had two touchdowns. Good. He got them out of uh, the ball. The Dolphins had a nice punt that put him inside the one. The Redskins run a play. Case Keenum drops back. He's got a defender in his face. Throws it to the right side on a deep post or a deep corner route. And just hits him. I mean, hits him right on the sideline. Boom. They're already up at like the 25-yard line after that. And they just went rolling from there. So props to him for having a big year. To the Dolphins, though, Josh Rosen is screwed. Them yeah. taking him out at the half screws him. His receivers, this is my point here when I was saying about the Browns and OBJ. OBJ fights for the ball, right? Those receivers come back and they fight for the ball. They're physical with defenders. They make contact and they're still fighting for it. The Dolphins receivers do the exact opposite. The Redskins defenders would just budge in and like nudge him out of the way and then they would come down with the ball. And the Dolphins receivers are like, oh man, I just I just couldn't get it. I just, I just wasn't able to catch it, man. Like that. That's all me, bro. That's all me. And the Redskins are like, yeah, give me that fucking ball. Look at me fighting for it. Look how physical we are. Our head coach just got fired. Fuck you, Dolphins. Take that first pick. What are you going to do with it? You're going to draft a quarterback when you already have one sitting there? Idiots. Like, Josh Rosen is screwed. Because when Fitzpatrick came in, their play calling changed. Yeah, the Redskins, it looks like they were playing prevent defense, which I still don't understand how they just let them march all the way down the field there at the end to score. But... All of a sudden, just receivers are open by play calling. And Josh Rosen's sitting there like, where the hell has this been? You've been having me sit back here for three seconds with a defender, punching me in the nuts, and my receiver's running along the sideline, and he's been running out of bounds the whole fucking time because the dipshit doesn't know where inbound the freaking play is. 
the field of play. I mean, it's just it was stupid. Like I was sitting here watching the game, going like, "What the fuck? Why is Rosen getting screwed? Like that should be the future of your franchise, and you're gonna piss it away, and then we're gonna sit here and play the what if game with Josh Rosen for the rest of our lives because he's never gonna be in a position to succeed." Yeah, he's not. For sure not. Um, and I just looked back. It was a one-point game, so they did go for two to try to win it. Uh, they lost 17-16. So, um, but you can look it up if you want. Because um, <laughs> I feel like that's what you're doing right now. Um, overall, though, I just... I, I, one, I'm upset because I really thought that the Dolphins were going to win this game um, before the week. But... I just don't know what, like, the Dolphins are doing right now. Like, I just don't, I don't understand it. Like, because, and we've talked about this so much, but, like, you're going to have these three picks, right? They have, like, picked, I think if the season ended today, it would be, like, pick, like, 2, 11, and, like, 24 or something like that. Um, and I'm just like, what are you going to get at picks 2, 11, and 24? Like, I'm not sure what you can honestly get. So one goes to the Bengals. They'll probably take Tua. So what would you get at two? Like, are you going Jerry Judy at that point? Are you just saying, get me another weapon? Chase Young. Chase Young. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. There's your defense. So there's your defensive end. Um, And then I just don't know, like, what you're, like... I, it's just not playing out the way that they wanted to, I don't think. Like, it's yeah. playing out because they're not winning, so, like, that pick's going to go fine. But the picks that they're getting for the trades just aren't really doing anything for them. Uh, it's weird to me. I mean, if they're if they're smart, what'd you say their picks were? Like, 2, 10 or 11, and, like, 24, 25, somewhere in that area. So, go defense. So, go defensive end. Go wide receiver and then go offensive line. Yeah, but see, that's the thing though, because the pick 24 25 is the Houston pick that you got for Larry Tunsil. So you're so you're just drafting an offensive lineman that you just traded? Yeah. Because they're freaking, it's the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, it just doesn't. Josh Rosen um, is going to be our starter. Shit. Uh, Two interceptions because the receivers don't know how to catch the ball. Uh, let's put in the bearded Fitzpatrick guy. Let's see what he can do. Holy and, shit. When uh, we call better plays, we get the ball down the field. It's crazy. And I I forgot to look during the game. I saw it right before the game started. Was Xavier Howard a healthy scratch? Do you know what? I don't know. Because I saw, I saw people tweeting that he practiced all week and there were rumors that he just wasn't going to play. And I was like, oh, I'll have to pay attention to that when I watch this game. And then... Literally totally forgot until right this second. <laughs> so I'm not sure if he played or not, to be honest. But Jakeem Grant didn't play either. That doesn't surprise me, though. Like, that, that dude hasn't been involved in the offense at all all year. So, I mean, it is what it is there. But I don't know, man. They're bad. They're trying to be bad. It just... With the Steelers starting to look good again, like that pick's not going to be as good as what they thought they were getting for Fitzpatrick. Um, I don't know. We'll see. See how it goes. Uh, should we move to the next game? We spent a lot of time on this one. Yeah, let's go. So it looks like Howard was dealing with a knee injury all week, which had him limited in practice. Um, he will now miss this week's game. And then Grant was out as well for 
They just said he was inactive. Apparently, he was a Pro Bowl receiver. I don't remember. Or also, nope, never mind. Read that wrong. Along with Pro Bowl cornerback. Okay, moving on to our next game: the Eagles versus the Vikings. This was the Kirk Cousins fuck off game, right? Like this. This was the hey Diggs. Here's here's your touches, Adam Thielen. Here's your touches. Hey, offensive coordinator, let me throw the freaking ball, and then look where the running game is as well. So I think that whole conversation with Adam Thielen a couple weeks ago to the media was not towards Kirk Cousins. I think it was towards the offensive coordinator, kind of like what I said last week. And it looks like it hit because Kirk Cousins was zipping the ball all over the field. I mean, he was making throws along the sideline, throws along the back of the end zone. I mean, all the way across the field. I mean, this dude was just zipping the ball. And then he just... The play action was effective. The running game was effective. This all just went the Vikings way. Um, And I'm pissed that you went along with me here for this game because this should have been a W because I thought you were thinking the Eagles for this. And then I just went off about the Vikings. And I felt like you followed me there. I should have had another W here. But nope, we both get the win on this one. It's whatever. I'm not mad. I'm just going to keep losing. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have for this. (laughs) Like... The Vikings just had their way with everything. The Eagles' secondary is weak. It wasn't anything impressive. But the one positive for the Eagles' offense is Miles Sanders looks to be taking that running back one job because he's looking pretty effective in the passing game. And in the running game, he's doing just enough to keep fighting for extra yards to get them close to the first down, getting them a second and short or third and short instead of you know getting only two yards and it's third and seven or second and eight again. Yeah, did you see that pass protection where he just fucking did the yes. chip out the defensive end? That was <laughs> dirty, dude. That was I watched like I just turned to that game. So I'm sure a lot of people here that listen to this probably have Sunday ticket as well. First off, fuck Sunday ticket. It was garbage. I don't know if you I don't know if you tried to sign into yours. Uh-uh. Oh, it was down all day. It was I've been bad. having issues with it. Like I have a hard time watching games back. Oh, really? Even with NFL Game Pass. Like, Sunday, I've just been having issues with it. Oh, I haven't had any issues with it. But yesterday, I literally, like, all of the games were out. Except for, like, Sunday ticket, and then there was, like, one game that was working. Or, I mean, sorry, Red Zone, and then one game that was working. And everything else didn't work. So, I I didn't watch the Jags game live until, like, the second half when it finally started up again. It was was shitty. Um, But, sorry, getting back to the point here, that was an... I turned that game on right as that happened, and I was like, oh, that was awesome. But, yeah, he's really, like, he's just such a good receiver, man. Like, he, he really brings that to this team. And once and this team just needs Deshaun Jackson. Like, he brings that element to this offense that makes them such a threat. And I think the moment he's healthy again, this offense is going to take off. And it's – if I was a Cowboys fan, I would be a little worried in the sense of you had a chance to take a stranglehold on this division while the while the Eagles were trying to figure all this out. And I have this gut feeling the Eagles are going to just take off the second half of the year. Oh, I agree. Did you hear Peterson come out today? Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to beat the Cowboys? We're, yeah. We're going to Dallas and we're going to beat them. Oh, buddy. If I'm on the Eagles team, I'm like, fuck yes. Totally. Let's go, coach. We just got blown the fuck out. But let's go beat the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, overall, Eagles defense is still doing what they do, right? Stop the run very, very well. And then they can't stop the pass. Worth shit. <laughs> so um, do you think that they finally offered the Jags three first-round picks for Ramsey? 
Say yeah. that again. <laughs> you heard me. <laughs> no, say it again. I said, do you think that they finally just offered the Jags three first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey? The Eagles? Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. They they desperately need a corner, though. Like, one of those corners that's on the block, like Patrick Peterson or Ramsey or who's the other big-time guy that could be traded? There's another one. I'm just not thinking of him right now. Brain fart. I don't know. But they're going to trade for one for sure. Absolutely. Before this trade deadline, they will trade for a cornerback. I, I mean, they're going to have to. Um, did I skip over a couple games here? You did. Our team's games. And I thought that you were just waiting until the end to talk about our team's games. Yeah, I guess let's just do that then. Because I did. I looked up and I was like, oh, shit. I guess I completely went over those. Um, so, yeah, we'll just save those for last then. Okay. Um, the Bengals versus the Ravens. Quick thing. If the Bengals had any sort of defense, they potentially win this game. For sure. In all reality. I mean, yeah, uh, Jackson, Lamar Jackson, excuse me, ran all over him. 150 rushing yards, 200 passing yards. I think 250 is what it was. Their defense, if they get one stop or the offense doesn't have a turnover, they potentially win this game. Agreed. Because where am I at here in my notes? I'm all over the place since I threw myself out of whack. <laughs> this is what I get. This is what I get for fucking myself. Um, sorry for that. You're good. Uh, while you're looking, I'll go, I'll start here. So yeah, okay. Ravens totally went back to last year's version of their offense, where they were just like, "Hey, fuck it. Like we're not even gonna like worry about passing the ball a ton. Like let's just have Lamar just do his thing." They must have saw something in film that was just like, "Hey, let's just let him run. Like we'll go back to this. It, it's gonna work here." Way too many rushes for him. Like you're just you don't want to know what they saw. What they say. The Bengals can't tackle. Yeah. Hey, we're about to play an NFL defense that can't tackle. Worse than the Chiefs. I was just about to say, are you <laughs> about, what team are we talking about here? Fuck off. <laughs> Texas Longhorns, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just <laughs> r- rough, rough time tackling for your teams. I got too many F-bombs today. I'm sorry for them. Um, and then I feel like they could be more creative, the Ravens, that is. With their wide receivers. I feel like they have some like really good wide. Like almost like the Panthers do with DJ DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. Like why yeah. are they not doing that type of stuff with Boykins and Hollywood Brown and Sneed? Right? Like they have these guys that like can do those type of things. And like they're it's almost like they're creative with Lamar Jackson. But not creative with anybody else. Other than that it's like a very like vanilla type offense. It's weird. I mean, you're exactly right. And especially with the tight ends you have in Mark Andrews, who needs to stop fucking hurling, who needs to stop hurling people. Yeah. Like, you're 280 pounds. Lower your shoulder. Don't lift your feet. I mean, that's just, you're asking to get hurt. And he had a turnover because of it. Um, Another thing that I think the Bengals should do is trade green. There's no reason for him to be on your team. He's 30 years old. He's not doing anything for you production-wise. Andy Dalton's look just fine without him. When John Ross comes healthy, you add that with Boyd and Tate. That's good enough to make a difference. You're a tight end and an offensive line away from having a somewhat of a, pro, a producing offense more than what it is now, and your defense just needs to be something. Like, it needs to get stops, multiple of them, to keep you in a game. 
But there's no reason to have trade or to have Green on the team when you can trade him and get draft capital, especially if you're drafting that high. Agreed. One where I'm super disappointed about this this upcoming Sunday, the one in six days from now, was the game <laughs> I was looking for looking towards most from the Jags season all year. They play the Bengals. And all I wanted to see was Jalen Ramsey versus AJ Green again. That's like all I wanted all season. All offseason. Oh, I man. was like, Yes. Yes, let's do this. And now they're both probably not going to play, and that's just so disappointing. What if they both come back? <laughs> God. NFL needs to fucking flex that game. And, <laughs> and they need to just have a camera on those two because that last time they met, they played was amazing. Call the teams to go if you're going to trade them, just get it finalized, but they're both playing this game, and they're going to beat the shit out of each other, and then they can go on from there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm with you, though. and I mean, we've talked about it a few times with A.J. Green, but at the same time, though, dude, I don't know, man. It, it's weird. Yeah, like if you can get a first-rounder for him, you have to do it. But like if somebody was only offering a third-rounder for him, honestly, I think I'd rather just keep him. I take a second and a fifth. I take a second and a fifth as well. I would take a second and a fifth. Yeah, and maybe a defensive lineman or a would linebacker. You, would you take a third and a fifth? No. Would you take a third and a fourth? No. Would you take <laughs> a third and a third the next year? I would take a third and a second the next year. That's not my question, though. But then no. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, that's fair. I'm just I'm taking I'm, a second and a third, or yeah. a second and a fifth, or a third and a second. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. I was just trying to think of like what what's that bar of like okay, that's not enough now, right? So yeah, okay, cool. Um, other than that though, I don't really have anything else for this game. Okay, um, the 49ers versus the Rams. I really thought the Rams would just kind of roll all over the 49ers with the injuries to their offensive line, their fullback being out. Didn't freaking matter. Um, and the reason is turnovers. I mean, the running back fumbles the ball there. I know it was kind of early in the second half. It might have been late in the first half. But that's what gave the 49ers the lead and then kind of never left it from there. They did have a turnover at the end, but the Rams just didn't capitalize off of it. I don't know exactly what happened. But I do got to say, besides that turnover from Henderson, he looked pretty good. He had a pretty good game. Both defenses for these teams are smart. Yeah, both these offensive coordinators are schematic geniuses, and the defenses didn't, like, they really didn't get fooled. And that was kind of cool to see, especially with all the hype around this game. Um, I already said the Rams didn't do anything off the turnovers. And the 49ers' pass rush is absolutely insane. I mean, it's there all game long, it seems like. Solomon Thomas, Armstrong, D. Ford, Bosa. Just time and time again, and then blitz a linebacker, comes out of nowhere, and just boom. And Jared Goff is almost looking like a deer in headlights. He's just standing in the pocket too long, and he's not making quick decisions. I don't know what – maybe the 49ers secondary was just that good as well, but it just didn't seem like he had anyone to throw to, or maybe it was Gurley being out was that much of a difference for the Rams. Yeah. Goff just has not looked good. I, and I'm the first one to admit that I had him having a huge year, and he just he's just not doing what I expected. And I take my apology back. Yeah, 
I and I it's disappointing. I mean, he's still gonna have massive. I mean, obviously not this game, but overall, he's still gonna have massive yards this season. But um, but I think that missing Gurley was big. It, it it was a huge thing. So we'll see how that goes. Overall, Niners, dude, they're just awesome. They with having a run game there that where they can do the play action and everything that just it makes that offense roll. Like it really does. Tough defense, play action, run the ball. Like that's that's what makes Kyle Shanahan great. Like that's what they were with the Falcons when they went to the Super Bowl. That was their exact same philosophy. Yeah. Um, I think we already went over the, the Falcons and Cardinals game, correct? Yeah, basically talked about it. Um, yeah, so I don't think we have Yeah, any- we talked that with Tree Civia. Yeah. Um, so Titans and Broncos. The Broncos, D's figuring it out. They're getting pressure now. They weren't doing that earlier in the season. Back-to-back games, I'm getting quick turnovers. Um, we'll wait. I'll wait for the Chargers here because I have some comments about them as well. But Flacco and Sutton are looking like they're starting to connect. Mariota's mistakes are just are killing them. He got benched for Tannehill. He didn't seem to do any better, but seeing Flacco and Sutton connect deep down the field a couple times and in the running game still being as effective as it was against this Titans defense, it's got me worried for Thursday night, for Thursday night and I'm not going to lie. If gun to your head, do you have to start a game with one of them? Would you rather have Winston or Mariota? And you had to win the game. Mariota. Yeah. Yeah. Because he can make a play on his feet, you know, or catch his own pass for a fucking touchdown and knock one of the best teams in the AFC out in a wild card game. So fuck off. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. Um, yeah, I cried. What? One of who low-key has been pretty not good lately is Derrick Henry. <laughs> <laughs> it's not December. <laughs> yeah, it's not December. He's been really bad. Like, he just hasn't been that good. He's not getting, like, he has a lot of touchdowns this year, but I saw, and I I didn't come up with this or figure this out, I just saw it on Twitter, that his last, like, six touchdowns have all been one-yard touchdowns. Like, he just, he's not getting any sort of red zone touchdowns that isn't like, okay, you only have to just run in, you have a big body, you're going to just run into somebody and push them one yard. That's all yeah. it is. So, um Offense just isn't creative enough. That It's going to be the downfall of this team forever, I feel like. They're going to have an awesome defense, good offensive line. They have some sort of weapons on offense, but they're just not creative enough, and quarterback could hold them up. Yep. Yep. Completely agree. Uh, moving on to our next game, the Cowboys versus the Jets. A surprising win for the Jets with Sam Darnold back, and boy was he throwing the ball all over the field. The Jets' defense stepped up big time. The Cowboys really just couldn't get anything going. They weren't able to stay consistent until the end of the game, and by that time, it wasn't enough. Um, Sam Darnold staying alive in the pocket with his head down the field, his eyes down the field, excuse me, and he was spreading the ball around. That's more than what we saw Luke Falk do. You know what I mean? Darnold was getting the ball out quick at times, but when he wasn't, he was able to step up, step back, left to right, you know, avoid a hit. It was like he was taking hits like Big Ben, and staying upright and then zinging the ball. You know what I mean? Seeing pressure and waiting for his guy to get open, and at the right time, boom, touchdown. Um, and we saw it at the end, I believe, the first half where he hit his tight end, and they go up 21-3, to and then the Cowboys hit a 62-yard bomb for a freaking field goal to make it 21-6. But that's, that's pretty much my basis of this game. Dak needs to be... 
he needs to see the blitz better at the end. I mean, you have that that misconnection. Yeah, you could have called defensive holding, defensive pass interference. They usually don't in that situation. But Dak just didn't see the blitz well, and that's this was a learning experience for him. But Jason Garrett is fired. Sorry to just throw that in at the end there, but the when your team's running off the field and you got both hands out for high fives and no one returns it, not a good look, coach. <laughs> not uh, a good look. Not a good look. Uh, MVP of this game, not obviously Sam Darnold with them with what he did, but it's Jamal Adams. He had a hell of a game. He was everywhere, man. He was making plays left and right. Just be and being emotional, vocal with the team. Like that's always what Jamal Adams is, right? Like that's nothing surprising. But like every single time that it was a fourth down or thir- third down, right? Like Jamal Adams was the one making the play. Like he was everywhere. So he, that's what I saw as him and Marcus May, the other safety. Those two were just playing out of their minds. Uh, the Quinn Williams Leonard Williams combo on that defensive line is great. So it'll be interesting to see if the Jets end up trading Leonard Williams during um, right before the trade deadline. Um, I don't think that they should. I think that they should keep it the way it is. I mean, if you think about it, with Darnold, they had a very, very tough loss to the Bills. That was the 17-16 game. And then this game, right? Like, they, they're looking good. And Jamison Crowder was the perfect pickup for Sam. Yes. I, we, I know we've said it before, but dude, he has like 21 catches in the two games with him, 20 or 21 catches, something like that. And it's crazy, man. He has like uh, almost 200 yards in two and games. You, you mentioned that last week too, when Jameson Crowder has not been involved in the offense. And yeah. we had said when Sam Darnold comes back, we should, we should expect to see that. And that's exactly what happened. So good for us there. Um, one of our last games here, the Steelers versus the Chargers. The Chargers are just too, like a turnover machine. I mean, Phillip Rivers is just not making good decisions, throwing the ball. Um, it's like he's half-arming it. You know what I mean? It's not like he's able to – he's not stepping into his throws. He's just kind of slinging it down the field. It doesn't look very good. Back-to-back weeks where the Chargers on early turnovers that eventually lost in the game. Pittsburgh defense is for real. Um just the pass rush was there all game long. Their defense is what helped them win. They scored quickly. Hunter Henry back for the Chargers, though, is big. I mean, he was the the primary factor for Rivers later in the game, deep down the field. Yeah. So you keep that going. That's good for the Chargers to continue to build off that. Give Melvin Ingram, not Ingram, What's running? Melvin Gordon, excuse me. Give him a couple more weeks to kind of get accustomed to the speed of the game again and get fully involved in the offense, and they'll be fine. But it's just that point in the schedule where you're adding guys in, guys are hurt, and you're really just kind of figuring it out. So if you're a Chargers fan, stay optimistic. A lot to figure out. We still got a lot of season left. You'll be fine. Just a couple, couple early mistakes the last two weeks that really just cost your team the W. Yeah. Hunter Henry being back is huge because now Mike Williams can be the number three threat on this offense and he will do much better as the number three rather than the number two there. And uh, what's his name? Derwin James has got to be coming back soon, right? Yeah, I know that was like late October, so probably another week or two. Yeah, I think, I think it'll be I think it'll be maybe eight, two or three more weeks. Week eight, yeah. So yeah. um that'll be huge for that defense. I think the moment he comes back is when you're gonna see that team just take off. So yeah. I, I could see another week or two of struggling though, and then all of a sudden they just go on one of those classic 
six and zero, seven and zero runs that the Chargers fucking do every single year and be fighting for that wild card spot. So, um, yeah, nothing. I mean, you got to worry at this point. Like you, you're another couple games away from being too far out of it. But at the same time, you also need to recognize like, Hey, like you said, Melvin Gordon, he's coming back. Derwin James is going to be coming back. Uh, they haven't had Melvin Ingram lately, but Joey Bosa has been playing great even without him, which I thought, I thought he may struggle a little bit without his uh, kind of counterpart on the other side, but he's been playing fantastic for sure. Yeah. Um, do we want to do our own teams here? Or do we want to wait? Cause I'm going to go back and watch the entire chiefs game. And really just take a deep dive into it. I'm going to do my... I would love to... Let's just wait. Because we, we got next week, or sorry, later in the week, we'll just hurry and do some previews. We'll do our cold cuts. We'll do our fling of the weeks. And then we can talk about our two games real quick. That's yep. fine. Yeah, let's okay. do that. Cool. So that is pretty much it for this week, guys. Sorry to kind of rush the ending here. But we realize we're just taking too long in some of our in some of our recaps, so we're going to be better about that moving forward. I think we're also going to do a power ranking for next week's episode. I've been saying for literally the entire season that week five or six, week four, five, six, is where you really start to see teams kind of figured out and who they are and what they are moving forward. And for a lot of teams, you already know, and then there's still some teams that you're you're kind of on edge about, and then there's teams for sure that you know are going to be doing really good. So we'll kind of get that lined out for us. We'll have that out. Um, next show, we'll probably put it on Twitter and then kind of go over it lightly in the show. So we'll make that a focus for us later this week. But other than that, thank you guys for listening. We do appreciate it. We will see you Thursday. And tonight, we've been talking football.